0: Welcome to PubCast, the pet podcast. I'm your host, Upasna. In this series, we delve into the heart of pet care, exploring challenges, breakthroughs, and the amazing stories of passion that define this world. Each episode is going to bring us closer to the stories of the unsung heroes who work tirelessly to make a true difference in the lives of our furry companions. Welcome to the inaugural episode of this series of podcasts. Today, we have a very special guest, Pratap Gaikwad, who is the founder of Crown Wet. Pratap's journey from being an animal lover to the founder of a premier veterinary care brand is truly inspiring. And he's here with us today and he's going to talk all about it. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Thank you for coming, taking our time for us. Okay, so before I get into your journey into Crown Wet, I want to talk to you about your um, familiarity love for animals.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I'm grown up with uh, animals and pets around me, uh, highly influenced by my uncle, the late Maharaja of Baroda. And, uh, you know, he was a a wildlife conservationist back in the 70s and 80s. And uh, in Baroda growing up, we even had a private zoo. So uh, I had very close association with animals and a lot of exposure and understanding through conversations that I had with him. And... Obviously, as I grew up, we always had a pet in the house. You know, it was a very uh, uh, it's pet sort of uh, friendly space, and we were very, very sort of fond of them. Yeah. And that's something that you know uh, has sort of been uh, the inspiration to sort of moving into this space.
0: Yeah. So only dogs, or are there more animals we should be knowing about?
1: I mean, we primarily had dogs, but yeah. Occasionally, we've had uh, parrots. We've uh, had uh, bunny rabbits. You know, small things. Tortoises. Oh wow! My uncle, in fact, used to have tortoises outside his office on the seventeenth floor yeah. uh, in Nariman Point, and he even used to breed them uh, oh. up on the terrace. Yeah, he was uh, alive. So yeah.
0: So, from being an animal lover, how did you get into opening Crown Wet?
1: Uh, well, it was uh, it was a personal experience, uh, not a very good one. Oh, that yes. sort of uh, made me think. That, uh, you know, whether we were getting the best treatment. Yeah. And I did a bit of uh, homework in sort of studying, you know, what was happening in the space. Mm. I also spoke to some of my friends to ask about their experience with their veterinarian. Yeah. And as a result of that, I found that, uh, you know, there was an opportunity because... I think infrastructure was lacking in those days.
0: Yes, it still is. It's slowly coming.
1: Yeah, it's improving, but it it was much um, less in those days. So I thought that there was a space uh, to do something here. And that's how we sort of got into this.
0: So i heard this story about how uh, I think one of your pets was not well. And this was late in the night. And I don't think you could find a place to go. And that kind of brought in the idea of getting into this.
1: Correct. Yeah. So we have good. I mean, the vets were good. And... You know, to treat the regular stuff, there was never a problem. Yeah. But what I did realize is that when things got a bit more serious and critical. Yeah. And in those circumstances, you could never sort of predict what time it would happen. So. So, and inevitably, the problems always happened at night when the clinics were shut. Always. So at that point of time, you know, we were absolutely helpless because there was mm. nowhere we could go. Yeah. There was nobody running a 24-hour facility.
0: That's true. And I think it's still the only 24-hour facility or there may be a, a couple of them more. But
1: I think now there are a couple more that are slowly sort of uh, coming out. But I don't think anyone is doing it to the level that we are doing it I do. for how long that we have been doing it. Yeah. You know, it's We've, we've really set uh, the protocols and systems in place. To make sure that the inpatient care is really well dealt. Really
0: so it's very amazing that I'm speaking to you today because 2000 back in 2018, I'm uh, I don't know why at 3M under my building, and I find a dog who's not really well, and that's when I took him to Crown Vet, and I still have him six years later with me as my pet in Delhi now. So that's amazing that I got to see you. Uh when you initially started. What were you kind of looking into when you were forming your team of doctors and people working behind the scenes? What kind of qualities were you looking into that?
1: Uh, well, firstly, it was, you know, we didn't know much, actually, to be honest yeah. with you. So the first thing I did, because I knew that uh, veterinary Care was at a very advanced stage in the UK.
0: Yes, definitely. So
1: I immediately made a trip to the UK.
0: Hmm.
1: I made, met up with some friends and then I asked them to introduce me to their veterinarian. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I sort of learned from there that, you know, I sort of picked up ideas from there. I even, uh, sort of visited the London vet show. I think it was in 2015 or 16. Yeah. And had a lot of conversations with the uh, practice owners. Um, I also uh, had a meeting with, uh, somebody who designed veterinary space. Yeah. So I picked up some of that knowledge and I came back to India and started the first practice, uh, under the uh, bridge in Mahalakshmi. Yes. So that was the first practice. It was uh, it was a large space, 4,500 square feet. Again, because we didn't know what the efficient size was. But I thought, you know, big space would mean uh, better services. etc. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's how we started.
0: Yeah. Uh, veterinary care is uh, still really evolving in our country, as you see. And there's a big difference between the human health care and other living beings healthcare so uh, what kind of challenges do you face when it comes to you know running such a big organization now
1: i think the the most important thing obviously is recruitment right? yes to in order you have to be able to recruit good doctors good people yeah in order to give the quality of service um, we one of the things we do focus on is infrastructure but you know we find that to be very easy hmm. that's not a challenge for yeah. us anymore we get a property we're able to turn it around in about 34 days and be ready for work but to place the right veterinarians uh, to have them ready to face the clients as well as to deal with uh, uh, the patients that's really the challenge and that's where, where the bottleneck to growth really
0: is. and are you getting like qualified doctors and like what do we need to do as a country to get the right quality or education when it's when it comes to education
1: yeah. So we have a couple of good uh, veterinary colleges, but what we find is that they're still more focused towards large animal, towards animal adult- yes. husbandry. But yes. That's the need for India.
0: Main need, yeah.
1: So there's very little, uh, uh, you know, educational training to teach the young doctors as to what they need to do in private practice. True. So while they're very knowledgeable, but, you know, when they first come out, they have no idea as to how a private practice works. Yeah. They don't understand the importance of dealing with the client. Yeah. You know, they first go straight and look to the patient. They don't want to talk uh, to yeah. the client.
0: Also, uh, uh, it's a challenge to doctor pet owners today.
1: It is, but you can't run away from it, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the challenge. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that's where I find it lacking and... Uh, What we have been doing in Crown Red for many years now is, you know, trying to effectively train people. So we have already been investing uh, in training, Hmm. whether it is for the nursing training, whether it is for training the young doctors. And now in our next phase, Hmm. there is going to be or there already is a a huge uh, investment and focus on training. OK. When I speak to people and they ask me, what are the things that you're going to focus on? I always say that there are three important things that I'm going to be doing in the next couple of years and that is training, training and training.
0: I think that's that's, what that's called for, yeah. So uh, so how would you say Crown Wet as a clinic or how is it different from, what are you giving different to the pet owners that other clinics are not yet providing?
1: I think um, as we started, one of the things, like I said, focus area was uh, the infrastructure. yes. As a result of infrastructure, we talk about the services. Yes. So when we come to services, we have uh, uh, an OT, we have imaging. So we have uh, x-rays, ultrasound. We have, uh, you know, all our clinics have a registered pharmacy. Yeah. We also have uh, inpatient care, which is something that we focus
0: which on. Which a lot of clinics don't have. Which a lot of clinics don't have. Yeah.
1: And as a result of that, because you have inpatient care, you have to run 24-7. Yeah. And the natural fallout of that is that we also have emergency services. Yeah. So all our clinics going forward are oh. going to be run on a 24-hour uh, hour basis. Oh, wow. All of them? All of them. I mean, already, I think six of, the, six of our clinics or eight of them are already mm. 24 hours. Wow. So going forward, the plan is every clinic should. be. Done.
0: Yeah. I feel like a lot of uh, pet owners uh, don't want to, Spend as much on healthcare with their pets, and that whole concept is not yet coming. So, what would you kind of want to explain to them so that they understand where all that is coming from?
1: See, uh, I mean, common complaint we Mm -hmm. we hear about is that Crown Vet is very expensive. Yes. Um, Now, I mean, we try to make it as efficient as possible. The fact is, we have costs, we can't run away from it. Yes. Now, obviously, the costs of running a veterinary practice are sort of broken up into the rent. Hmm. the uh, salaries of the doctors and the staff and the services that we provide. Yeah. Now, crown vet, what we have always worked on is we should be sort of a diagnostic based practice. So we believe in, you know, doing the bloods. We believe in doing x-rays, etc. Yeah. Now, the minute you do all of these things, the bill does, it does add up.
0: Yeah. As a pet owner, I don't get that at a lot of clinics.
1: Yeah. If you want to sort of get to the root of the problem, you know, diagnostics is the way forward. Yeah. And also what happens with us is that because we have all of these services, you know, right. you might come into us, you, you do certain things. Then we have a medical pharmacy, you pick up a few products yeah. from there. And by the time you're done, you know, you look at your bill, your son's like, wow, yeah. I spent so much at a veterinary practice yeah. before. So it's because of so many things, you know, and um, uh, in, in some other practices, I won't say all of them. You, you'll have the basic stuff. So you go and you do basic treatment and then you not spend much because you don't have pharmacy, et cetera, et cetera. So. Oh, yeah. so there is a difference in that. And what we try to do is and what we work with the reception team is to try and explain the bill hmm. to the clients while they're paying yeah. so that they get a better understanding of yeah. where the money's gone.
0: And have you had any difficulties in explaining this to the pet owners? I bet you have some crazy stories to share with us.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have, we have st- crazy stories. And, you know, there's been a lot of learning from these stories. When, when we analyze the, the complaints that we also get, what, what I find is that it's, it's really happened because of two things. Hmm. One is uh, a lack of proper communication with yeah. the client. And therefore they haven't understood what we we try to do and then they're unhappy. Yeah. They go to another veterinary practice, and then they give them some story and then that escalates the problem. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is obviously the pricing. Hmm. You know, they find that it's very expensive. So, yeah. you know, people, you know, there's always these comments about how it's expensive. It's a money making racket, yeah. etc. So these are the most uh, sort of common thing Now, what we've tried to do in order to sort of address these problems also is that we have a, focus client services department okay and that department uh, works out of our head office Hmm. but also has a nominee in the clinic so we have a client services person in the clinic now the idea of of having that person there is that he is the representative of the client that's how i look at it okay and what we what we are trying to do is that he's the one who needs to also build up a relationship with the clients. Sure. So that if you have a problem or if you're unclear about something, then he should be your first port of call. Yeah. That, you know, this is happening. I have an issue here. Can this be resolved? Hmm. So that's something that we're working on. And then he coordinates with the head office and maybe with the CEO of the company. Yeah. To see what the issue is and how we can sort of address it. Yeah.
0: Uh, As a pet owner myself, I think uh, one thing which I really look forward is to the personal touch, the personal connection with my vet. So does that uh, seem to be a problem at Crown Vet because it's so uh, professionally directed that I don't have that person. Like if I have an issue, I'll just call my vet up or I can text him. Does that kind of hinder or come in the way? It
1: shouldn't do that because, you know, the the process that we follow is that when you have your consultation, yeah. you know, you are in a room yeah. with your pet and the doctor. Yeah. So that should give you the opportunity to build the bond gradually. True. It's not something that happens overnight. Yeah. But, you know, that environment should help you, you know, sort of uh, build the bond. Now, coming to your, prob- your question about, you know, accessibility. Yes. Now, we are very particular that we never give out the doctor's Contact details for okay. the clients. If yeah. you want to speak to anybody, you need to call, call the receptionist. Clinics. Okay, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, and we support that also because the clinic is 24 hours. True, and you've got to understand that the doctors also need a life; they need an escape yes. as well. Yeah, and this is in fact a problem some of the smaller clinics face. That when you start doing that, mm. then when you stop answering the phone call of the client. That's a bigger problem to have. That's true, yeah. So what we say is that, I mean, you might not be able to access the particular doctor, Mm -hmm. but you can access the clinic. And what the clinic has is obviously there will be another doctor on duty. And the clinic has all your medical records. Yeah. So the doctor, even if your primary vet is not there, he has access to all the treatments that have happened and he knows that your primary doctor might have put on there. Yeah. So that makes it easier for him to get involved uh, and take up that case.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, along with pets, there are India faces a crazy problem of strays, you know, and some of the other dog is, you know, injured, getting hit. And a lot of people, I think there are a lot of good people today working like yep. tirelessly, endlessly, without any like remuneration or nothing, right. and working for them. And they, what if they get your their their animal to crown wet? Like, what is the procedure?
1: So, there are many. Uh... People and organizations that we actually work with okay. who are in the space. And, you know, these are people who are bringing uh, <clears throat> patients to us that are either from the street, but they're not their own personal pet.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: They are sort of working that space. So it, it's it's a culmination of people <clears throat> who are handling many of them. There would also be some registered NGOs. Yeah. So what we do is, we are, if, if that's you, then we normally ask you to sort of, you know, come meet the client services person, explain yeah. what you want to do. And then we have a discussion around, you know, what are the discount facilities that we could provide you. Okay. And therefore, thereafter, we take it uh, uh, forward.
0: Just to make sure that there's some credibility to the person who's Correct. getting it. Yeah.
1: And because, you know, it's very important for us that somebody has to hold accountability from for the patient. True. From the owner's uh, yeah. uh, point of view. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, you already have, you are already in five different cities, right? Or six, six. I, different... five, okay, wow. And now, what are the future plans of Crown? Where, where are you taking it? Where are you planning to take it? Well, like I said, the
1: first thing that uh, we are going to be doing is putting a huge amount of investment into training. Okay. Having done that, phase one is going to be to expand in the cities that we already are. Yes. As part of the training, I'm also trying to set up a teaching hospital uh in crown vet etc so that you know training can further be given in a in a working environment uh so those are the short term plans now the training that we are sort of giving is something that is also going to happen internationally yes so today we have uh, uh we have options where we are able to send people to the uk mm. uh we are already sending people to dubai we are in conversation with uh, some practices in singapore So we're also setting up uh, training for the junior veterinarians in these uh, uh, international uh, sort of scenarios where they get exposure to live cases. They're able to see how doctors uh, deal with clients in those countries, etc. With a view to, you know, provide them that level of training and for them to see how things work at a much sort of uh, higher quality and level. Uh, The other training that we're going to do is obviously for our senior veterinarians. Uh, they already have uh, practical knowledge. But the next step is that where do we take them? Who are the people who want to specialize into certain areas? True. So That's something that we will work with them. And again, sort of place them in international scenarios where they get the best of that. yeah, And are able to come back and sort of, you know, part- give that sort of uh, learning to our patient.
0: Yeah. I think this is so important that you're sharing this because uh, I know a lot of people want to probably choose this field yeah. But I don't think they have the right kind of places to go to, which will take it ahead, and the right kind of like setup. And I'm so glad that you're bringing this in.
1: Yeah, so this is important. Yeah. You know, it's it's again about trying to create, you know, a sort of uh, career.
0: Exactly. That's, yes. what
1: that's, that's what I'm trying when we recruit. That's that's what i have to explain to our people that you know we're trying to create a career. Yes. Now, again, one of the things that happens is everybody wants everything very quickly. And I tell them that, you know, your career has to span over 40 years. Yes. You know, you can't do everything in 30 years. So, you know, experience also has the a tremendous amount of value. Yes. As much as I might teach you, but ex- your own experience is going to make you better. Yeah. So that's something that we're working with, uh, with the doctors that uh, uh, come to us. And that's something that I believe, in fact, personally, very passionately about. And, you know, I see that. You know, doctors are doing so well in the human space, hmm. and I see no reason why we can't have the best veterinarians. Yeah, uh, you know, to match the global standards yeah. in India as well. But in order to do that, we need to give them access to better infrastructure, better training, and development. Yes, which that, which hasn't been there before. Yes, and that's something that you know we, we are excited to sort of introduce.
0: I think that's great, and also I think. As this progresses, awareness by to pet owners to actually visit clinics and get their pets checked is also needs to build up in the same way so that both can grow together. Correct. You know, it's hand in hand.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. there's a lot of education even the pet owner needs to do. Yeah. From starting with the basic stuff, you know, it's like do your vaccinations. You know, preventative care. Yeah. That's something that, again, I'm very passionate about and I don't feel shy To push that agenda, Yes. to be aggressive and talk to the clients to say that listen, you need to have your vaccinations. You need to check your teeth.
0: Yes, all the pet owners, message
1: the dentals. Yes, Um, do your neutering and spaying. You know, it takes away a lot of issues that might come in in future. So we try to do that. And like I said, I I even tell our doctors, you have to do it. Push, push, push. I'm not shy of that because I see the benefit for the patient.
0: Any plans of doing a drive to neuter and spay all the strays? Anything you're thinking of in that line?
1: Uh, You know, not really at this point of time. Because again, you know, uh, our teams are already uh, sort of stretched. But as we grow and we have uh, doctors available, I think that's something that we will do. And it can be also part of the training initiative.
0: That's amazing. One of the questions I personally wanted to ask you was like, how from a pet owner and nothing to really do with dogs into healthcare how did you manage to get into uh finding or whatever founding crown wet? how did that come into being
1: uh well it was really to do with a personal experience that i had with my own pet okay. you know at that time uh, i had a great day, wow a harlequin uh, by the name of Chevy. Uh, And Shemi was, I mean, extremely, I mean, he's the one um, uh, dog that I've had the strongest bond with.
0: The gentle giant. Yeah, gentle
1: giant. And, you know, his eyes, you know, just, I mean, I should just look at him and we used to have a conversation even without speaking. Yeah. He knew what I was thinking. I knew what he was thinking. It's like very instinctive. Uh, So he was really the inspiration. And um, when he was unwell, he actually went in for a routine surgery. Hmm. Uh, surgery went well, everything was fine but immediately post-surgery you know, he came out of the OT he was put into a, a bed sheet and four people carried uh, him on the bed sheet put him into the car uh, and he hadn't really even come out of the anesthesia and they sent him back yeah, and they sent him home because there was no inpatient care or there was no place, place to keep the patient I'm
0: not going to ask you about uh, the name yeah, no so, yeah. Um,
1: so any case, so you know so when I had to deal with that situation, to mm-hmm. see the pet that you love so much and and you're kind of helpless because you're the nurse. Yes. And then through that process, you know, the bandages would come off. So I used to struggle with, you know, bandaging. And I felt extremely helpless. And, um, and I, I really thought that, you know, one could do a better job. So that was really when it sort of dawned upon me and it pushed me to say that, listen, do something about it rather than just talk or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity. Why not try and do something? Wow. So, so that was what sort of pushed me into it.
0: Nice. And any current dogs now?
1: Yeah. So I have uh, a Shih Tzu by the name From a Great Dane to a Shih Tzu. Yeah. So when I had the Great Dane, it was really, uh, it was me and my wife. But now we have two young children. Yes. So we had to be, uh, you know, a little conscious of that, even though I normally would prefer a larger, larger, larger dog. But the uh,
0: calmer, the larger ones are calmer, the small ones are really hyper. I, I yeah. had two last hours myself.
1: Yeah, but you know, we've been lucky with him. I was fingers crossed, but he's, you know, his his uh he's he's very calm. Yeah. Uh he's very good with the children. I mean they are aggressive with him yeah, yeah. and sit on him, pull his stitches oh, here. But not once has he even sort of snapped back at them. So uh that should we've been very yeah, lucky. Lucky with him. Only thing is he's he's got hair as well. A lot of struffy. And uh, yeah.
0: So your uh, logos are distinctive. I've heard that your dog Chevy had something to do with it.
1: Yeah, in fact, he has everything to do with it. <laughs> you know, like I said, he was the inspiration behind Crown Vet, and uh, I was very clear that he there must be something, some DNA of Chevy, yeah, as part of that. And uh, so while we were designing the logo, I sort of shared a photograph of him <laughs> and strangely it just worked out perfectly that you know if you see the face um, uh, on the logo of crown vet that's actually Chevy
0: that's adorable
1: yeah so
0: yep Uh, thank you so much Pratap for joining us and sharing all this I think it's going to get everyone in this field related to this field really involved and I think it's going to give a higher understanding to all the vets out there what is coming for them the pet owners maybe more awareness about pet healthcare. Thank you so much for that. Catch us on Pubcast for many more stories about amazing heroes who are doing great work in this field.